Lord is leading us to speak about a very important topic. The one thing that I realized is happening around us today is we are having a lot of Christians, but there are a lot of scared Christians. And as we've seen throughout Scripture, the kingdom of God is not for anybody who's, for, who's faint-hearted. It's not for the fearful. We are called to be courageous. We're called to be bold. And there's this one thing that haunts Christians. One thing that haunts Christians for years and years together. There are some people who are for years. They grow up. They become old. They are, they are really towards the fag end of their life. But that one friend of theirs has stuck by them. And that friend is fear. And so it would be really helpful if we understand what the word of God says about fear. And what do we do about fear? Because unless we learn to deal with fear, we will be far away from what God really wants us to do. You know, there was one preacher who said that if we are on one side of a river and there is a bridge and on the other side is the eternal life that God promises us. We as Christians are very, we're very easy sometimes, we're very okay with, with accepting what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We're willing to put our trust in him somewhat and we're willing to reach that bridge and stand in the middle of that bridge. But to live the life that eternal life right now here, to live that kingdom life right now here, we are not willing to cross that bridge and live a life led by the Spirit of God. And the one thing that holds us back quite often is this demon called fear. A fear that haunts us. So many times we've received calls from people who tell us, and these are elderly people. You wouldn't expect it. For years and years together. Meantime, it reaches 6 o'clock, 6.30, it starts getting dark. The usual thing is, I feel very scared. I don't know what to do. Something's not okay. I get scared. Or there are fears of different kinds. There's sometimes a fear of sharing the gospel. There's sometimes a fear of... A fear of just being free. A fear of just... Trusting God, fear, has different names. It has different faces. So let's look at what the Word of God says. <clears throat> Can we turn to Exodus? Because there is where we find one man who did so much in Israel. There was one problem that he had, and his problem was the same problem that many of us as Christians go through. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. In verse 2, we find out that the angel of the Lord appears to him in a flame of fire 
The Lord himself comes to him in a flame of fire. Um, verse 3, then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? Moses was curious. Verse 4, so when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not draw near to this place. Take off your sandals. Take your sandals off from your feet. For the, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And God basically describes to him that he has seen. Do we realize that when the people of God are oppressed, that God is seeing it? Do we have that calm assurance? That we know that when we are in a problem, that our Parmeshwar, our Prabhu, that we know that God is really looking at us. Before Israel even cried out to the Lord, God knew their oppression. God was seeing their oppression. That itself sets so much at rest in us, doesn't it? Let's move ahead. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I know their sorrows. Do you know that once you put your faith in Christ, you become a child of God? And God knows your sorrows. God knows your sorrows. We are so far behind in trying to know who God is. But before we even try and understand God completely, God knows our sorrows. He knows the troubles that you're going through. He knows the distresses you have. Who took the initiative to save Israel from Egypt? Who was it? Was it Moses? Who was it who, who made the first move to make sure Israel was saved from the clutches of the Egyptians? Who was it? God. It wasn't any Egyptian. It wasn't any Israelite. No Israelite held an independence movement. There was no revolution that really took place too much. There was just oppression. But who made the first move? God made the first move. Do you know that he can make the first move in your life too? If you would just rest with this assurance that God knows your sorrows. And there's another thing. Did God look at the sorrows of the, of the Israelites and say, you know what? I want them to suffer for some time. So that their characters build up. So that they learn. I want them to just suffer under the Egyptians for some time. Did God ever say that? God said, I know their sorrows and I want to set them free. Am I right? God said, I know their sorrows and I want to set them free. Do you know the love of God? God doesn't want you to be in the oppression that you might be under. God doesn't want you to be in the fear and the bondage of fear that you might be under. God desires that you be set free. He knows your sorrow. But what's our response? Let's move on. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. There was a famous saying that says God came down to earth two or three times. One is to, to make Adam 
Second is to deliver Israel out of the Egyptians. Third is when he came as Jesus Christ. Think about it. God came down. God did not, God did not do anything else. He did not send somebody, just, just send somebody. He himself came down to deliver Israel from Egypt. He himself came down. Verse 10, come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? That I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Look at that. <laughs> Can you see that fear? It's already coming out there in Moses. He says, who am I? I'm gone. What can I do? I am nothing. I was belonging to the ruling family of Egypt. I left everything. I'm now tending flock. I don't know anything. I can't do anything. I'm nothing. Who am I? That I should lead Israel out from Egypt. Verse 12. I will certainly be with you. And this, you know, the one thing that strikes me about Moses is his sincerity. He was very bluntly sincere. He did not, he did not hide. He did not put on a show before God. He did not put on a mask before God. He did not say, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do my best. I'm going to do my best. But inside, I'm very scared. I'm, but I'm going to do my best. And no, no, no. He just put out on his face what he really was inside. And I believe that's what God really liked about him. Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? So what does the Lord say to him? I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of our fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, they say to me what is his name? What shall I say to him? You, you, you see, Moses was already scared. That fear had enveloped him. He knew this was God. He knew that he was sending him to do something. And he says, I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay. And every excuse that he could find. Okay, if I tell them that God has sent me, they'll ask me, who is this God? I don't know this God. What is the name? And then God says, I am who I am. You see, God dealt with each and every aspect of Moses' fear. He says, I don't know what to do. I can't do it. He says, okay, fine, I'm going to be with you. Don't worry, I'm going to give you a sign. This is what's going to happen. He says, okay, but uh, what did they ask me who this God is? I don't know who this God is. He says, don't worry. Look at what he says. I am who I am. Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Do you know what I am who I am really means? It means God was, is and always will be the eternal God. In fact, many historians say that the word Yahweh actually means I am who I am, I was who I was, and I will be who I will be. The eternal God. We tend to trust human beings so much. But human beings are just there for a moment. God has always been there. And always will be there. And always is there. If you look a little further in chapter 4, verse 1, 
there comes the fear again but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice suppose they say the lord has not appeared to you you see when fear comes the first thing fear tries to do is make assumptions first of all it will try to make excuses second it will try to make assumptions has it happened to anybody here <laughs> happens to me happened to me a lot of times the moment fear comes the first thing it will try to do it will make assumptions and it's these assumptions that boosts the fear even more because it puts forward possible situations possible scenarios that may never really happen it puts forward the fear scenarios before your mind it puts forward scenarios before you no what if this happens what if this happens ye hua to kya wo hua to kya nahi nahi agar ye kiya to ye hoga this will happen that will happen this scenarios are put before your mind first only suppose they say the lord has not appeared to you verse 2 chapter 4 so the lord said to him what is that in your hand and he said a rod then what happens next and what happens for the next few chapters is we see that god uses that one rod of moses to basically rescue israel from under the bondage of egypt am i right that one rod of moses he uses to rescue israel from the bondage of egypt how did god deal with moses's fear he used what he had he used what he had and rescued and gave him the boldness and rescued israel from the hands of egypt my question to you what do you have in your hand what do you have in your hand the word when satan puts forward scenarios that try to make you scared When Satan tries to put scenarios that try to make you scared, then make you fearful. Look at what God does there in chapter three. He says, "Cast the cast the stick on the ground. Cast the rod on the ground." So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Reach out your hand and take it by the tail." And if you know about snakes, the tail is the worst place to pick up a snake. Right? Reach out, reach, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent you. Furthermore, he said, put your hand in your bosom. Put his hand in his bosom. Took it out, and behold, his hand was leprous, like snow. He said, put your hand in the bosom again. See, God brought about these signs before him so that he may believe, so that he may have no fear. God can deal with your fear. Don't try to sort your fear on your own strength. Don't try to positively motivate yourself to sort out fear. Don't try some philosophy or some doctrine to really sort out fear. It's not going to work. There's no art of living that can help you to sort out fear. There's no method that will help you to sort out fear. The only way that you will be able to sort out fear is if you take your fear to the Lord. It is only the Lord that can set you free from your fear. 
Only the Lord that can set you free from your fear. No one else but the Lord. Amen? Only the Lord can set you free from your fear. Because the Lord is our God. The Lord is our King. And so he says to Moses, And then Moses in verse 10 once again says something else. He says, I'm not eloquent to speak. I can't even speak. What am I going to do? I can't even speak. What should I do? And the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? You see, there is no fear that God tolerates. You see that. God does not come in Baba, Puta, Abhiyena Kare, Awasatuja Barabur, don't worry. He does not sympathize with your fears. God does not tolerate it. Thank you so much. God does not tolerate your fear. God is not willing to accept your fear. God wants to deal with your fear. But the problem is many of us have fear as a pet. We like it. It gives us a bit of security. I don't know what it gives us. But we tend to like our fear. We are not willing to get, let go of our fear. But you see with Moses, he did not tolerate his fear. To every fear scenario that Moses put forward to God, God had an answer. To every scenario that Satan puts of fear to you, if you put it to God, God will have an answer. Don't try to deal with fear with your own strength. You're not going to be able to do it. If you're, if you're going to deal with fear, it has to be with the strength of the Lord. It has to be with the strength of the Lord. That's why if you turn to Psalm 34, we see something so amazing. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Or oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And look at verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Amen. I sought the Lord and he, and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. And he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. That shows us two things. God can deliver you from all your fears. There is no fear that the Lord can't deliver you out of. God has the power to deliver you from all. All means all your fears. Not some, not few, but all your fears. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God can set you free from all your fears? I believe that because the word of God says it. He delivered me from all my fears. What's the precondition? You've got to seek the Lord. 
I sought the Lord and he heard me. The moment fear tries to come over you, the first thing you've got to do is go to the Lord. I sought the Lord, he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. You can't say, no, I'm like that. I have got a, a fear of heights, Ray. I can't do it. Uh, it's okay, no? It's okay, it's okay. It's just a fear, no? No, 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 no. <laughs> There's no fear that the Lord tolerates. But he doesn't, he doesn't leave it up to you. He delivers you from all the fears. He knows you can't deliver yourself from the fears. You see, you can't deliver yourself from fears. Many people are trying to do it the wrong way. They're trying to force themselves out of fear. But the one thing that we need to remember, that fear is a person. It's not an emotion. And that's why it says, deliver you from all your fears. That force of Satan that tries to keep you bondage to fear, you can be set free from only by the Lord. Can we proclaim this today? I sought the Lord. Can we read it together? Let's read it together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. No, let's do it together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Can we say that again? I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. Let's say that once again. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. Amen. The Lord knows how to deliver you from all my fears. From all your fears. Amen. If you turn to Psalms 56. Verse 3 and 4. Again, David, the wonderful psalmist that he was, led by the Spirit of the Lord, see what he says. Whenever I am afraid, whenever I am afraid, which means that it's not like you will never be afraid. It's not like you will never be afraid. There will be times that you will be afraid. Psalms 56, verse 3 and 4. It's not like you will never be afraid. There will be times that you will be afraid. But what was David's response whenever he was afraid? Whenever I am afraid, what did he do? I will trust in you. Look at verse 4 and look at it very carefully. In God, I will praise his word. I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. The one fear that we have so much more than any other fear is the fear of other human beings. It's not the fear of anything else but the fear of other human beings. Remember that we serve a God who is the I am. Who was, who is and who always will be. He is the I am. He is not a God who is temporary. He is the eternal God. 
and the eternal God knows you he can save you he can deliver you he can protect you but human beings can't do anything to you why because they are not eternal they are not all-powerful God can protect you when you are afraid the first thing that you've got to do is seek God with your fear put your trust in God when you put your trust in God, there will be no more fear. What is the antidote, the ointment, the medicine to fear is trust in God. There's nothing else that can rescue you from fear. There's nothing else that can rescue you from fear. Only trust in God can save you from all fear. Amen? Only trust in God can save you from all fear. Actually, if you turn to Psalms 27. <clears throat> Verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear do you understand that the lord is my light and my salvation what does light do removes darkness the lord is my light and my salvation what is salvation saving me from trouble saving me from sin saving me from judgment salvation god is our salvation that's what the word jesus means god my salvation the word Yehoshua, the word Joshua, the word Jesus, they're all the same word. God my Savior. God is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You see, the moment I understand that the Lord is my light and my salvation, there's no one that I will fear. There's no one that I will fear. I need to understand that. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Do you want strength? Do you think you're going to be weak? Do you think you're not going to make it? Well, you need to understand something that God is your strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. You see... Though an army encamp against, against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. That I, might, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Amen? Amen. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek. That I might be in the presence of God. To seek his face. To be in the presence of God. The closer you are to the Lord, the more the fear goes away. Do you understand? The closer you are in a relationship with the Lord, you will be in a position where nothing can affect you. The more I'm closer in a relationship, the more I have a working relationship, 
not a holy monastery kind of a relationship but a working relationship with God every day of my life I am in a place that no fear can touch me why that's what he says even an army may encamp against me or war may rise up against me but I shall not be afraid thousands of forces of evil may be sent against me to destroy my life but I shall not be afraid why because I am with the Lord what is the antidote to fear trust in God there's nothing else that can help us as far as fear is concerned besides trust in God look at verse 11 sorry look at verse 10 when my mother and father forsake me you know what that means there could be a chance that your father or mother may forsake you even if that happens look at verse look at that verse then the Lord will take care of me you know what that means that means even if the people that are closest to me forsake me reject me abandon me the Lord will take care of me that's the trust in God that's what we've got to understand teach me your way O Lord and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence and look at verse 13 that's the most amazing verse I would have lost heart you know what it means to lose heart to be completely sorry disappointed fearful anxious I would have lost heart I would have given up that's the right word I would have given up unless unless I had believed believed what what did the psalmist believe look at that that I would see what the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living what's the one thing that the psalmist believed that he would see the goodness of the Lord not just after life in heaven but the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living amen that's the trust he had that he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living can we say that I would have give I have I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living amen that we will see that that's the assurance scripture gives us that he will give us goodness that he that we will see the goodness of the Lord we will see his blessing we will see his protection we will see his power right now here itself also later but right now here we will see it in this land of the living and that is what helped this psalmist helped David to not be afraid that's what the Word of God says I would have lost heart unless I had believed I would have disappointed been disappointed completely I would have lost heart unless I had believed what was the belief that David had that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living quite often we don't see things going our way we see things not going according to the plan according to the wishes according to the desires that we might have we may want this and that and this and that but we need to rest at this assurance 
that we will see the goodness of the Lord. That whatever plan God has for us will be a good plan. That we will see the goodness of the Lord right now in the land of the living. Not just later, but right now in the land of the living. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? One of the most important fears that we have is the fear of man. Whom shall I fear? Don't worry. Do not be afraid. The one thing that goes on throughout scripture is this one thing. Do not be afraid. If you look at the whole of the Bible, it looks like a love letter of a father to their children saying, Do not be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 41. This even confirms what we've been saying that the Lord wants us not to be afraid. Verse 10 Fear not. What does God say? Fear not. He does not say, It's okay, Ray. people get scared. Don't worry. It's okay to be a little scared. You're normal, no? You're human, no? I understand. No, 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 no. What does he say? He says, fear not. For what is that one assurance we need to have? Brothers and sisters, we need to have this calm assurance that God is with us. That's the trust we need to have. And if God is with us, his goodness is going to be with us. If God is with us, his protection is going to be with us. If God is with us, his saving right hand is going to be with us. If God is with us, his spirit is going to be with us. He's going to equip us. He's going to lead us. He's going to take us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to love us. Trust in him. That's the medicine for fear. Trust in God. Fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed for... I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. You don't find any religious book that goes to such an extent where a God tells his people, I will help you. I will strengthen you. Do not be afraid. I am with you. You know what they tell them? You have to deal with your fears. You have to think positive. But the Bible shows us and reveals a God who is Father, who says, Do not be afraid. And I'm not just telling you do not be afraid. I'm telling you do not be afraid. For I am with you. Do you want the AC off? You'll okay? Okay. I am with you. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will uphold you. I will strengthen you. I will make you strong. Don't worry. Look at verse 11. Besides human beings. The first number one fear that we have is of human beings. The other fear that we have is the fear of evil. The word of God never tells us to be scared of evil. We are having so many Christians who are not being proper warriors of Christ because they are scared of evil. And we ourselves quite often have been fearful of evil. We are not asked to get scared of evil. The fear of evil is never said, never told in all of scripture. 
never has the lord said see that devil is there oh the devil is there be afraid don't worry don't 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 just do anything there see in that corner in that corner don't go there in the dark the devil is there the lord never says that he says who is the devil look 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 at the words he says next look at that behold all those who are incensed against you what does it mean to be incensed against you to be angry with you right all those who are incensed to be all those who are angry with you who is angry with you who's your number one enemy satan right that's what scripture says in Ephesians 6 for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the forces of darkness right so who is our number one enemy satan's our number one enemy okay so all those forces of satan all those agents of satan who are angry against us who are incensed against us shall be ashamed and disgraced that's what he says they shall be as nothing and those who strive with you shall perish those who try to wage war against you shall perish they shall be destroyed wo nahi rahenge they will not be available they will not be there they will be destroyed those who try to work against you those forces of darkness those agents of satan will be perished verse 12 you shall seek them and not find them where do you find such an assurance you shall seek them and not find them you shall try to look where are those forces of evil eh hey, that sickness eh hey, where is that disease where is that force of evil where is that greed where is that lust you shall look for them and you shall not find them those who contended with you those who are fighting against you those who war against you look at that shall be as nothing as a non existent thing do you know that that evil in your life can be as a non existent thing <laughs> you will look for that evil and you will not find it because the lord will destroy it there's nothing for you to fear there is no worry for you there's no need for you to fear evil there is no need to fear evil there is no need to be dismayed to be disappointed to be fearful of disappointment there is no need at all amen there is absolutely no need to be afraid let's look at what happened in the in the ministry of jesus was there anybody who was scared in the time of jesus and what was jesus what was jesus's response I think in the gospel of in the gospel of Matthew in the gospel of Luke Jesus begins his ministry and then Or is it in Matthew? Let's look at that. Oh, 
Okay, first let's just go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew, then we'll get to that one. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Right? Matthew chapter 8. What happens in Matthew chapter 8? Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest. <laughs> Remember that when you get after Jesus, Satan will try to get on your case. Okay? But there's nothing for you to fear. Absolutely. Look at what happens. They follow Jesus and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea. So that the boat was covered with the waves. But who was asleep? Jesus was asleep. Do you understand the trust he had in his father? Right? That he slept through a storm. In a, and it was a fishing boat. It was not a cruise ship. It was a normal fishing boat. It didn't have a motor. Just had wind sails. That's it. It was a normal fishing boat. And Jesus was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. They were scared. Would we not be scared in a boat which is shaking so much with the wind and with the storm? Do you understand what it means? It's not a very big boat. It's maybe this much. And they were all in that boat. And the waves were coming in. The boat was moving from this side to that side to this side to that side. They were very, very scared. What did Jesus say to them? What did Jesus say to them? What was Jesus' response to their fear? Man has come out with different techniques to deal with fear. One famous line is, face your fears. You've got to fight it. You've got to face your fears and deal with it. What does it mean to face your fears and deal with it? Some people try to make you tough. They try to make you rough and tough and say, listen, you can deal with any fear. Now that comes out of pride. What was Jesus' response to those people who were afraid? What was Jesus' response? He said... Oh, you are scared, don't worry, I am with you. I am by your side, don't worry. Did he say that? What did he say? In verse 26, he literally fired them. There is a storm there, okay? The boat is shaking, the wind is blowing, the waves are hitting, these people are half drowning, maybe Andrew is holding onto one rope, James is almost falling off the boat, Peter is there, oh Lord, save us, save us, save us. Somebody else, John is taking buckets and buckets of water, buckets and buckets of water. And this man, Jesus, stands up and shouts at them. Do you understand? God does not tolerate fear. <laughs> what does he say? Why are you fearful? What's the other, what's the other part of the sentence? Oh, you of little, what? You see? Fear is a sign that there is less faith. The more fearful you are, the less trust you have in God. There's less faith if there is more fear. 
If there is more faith, there is less fear. They are directly contradictory to each other. They will never complement one another. The only fear that God commands us to have is the fear of the Lord. The reverence of God. But there is no other fear. Every other fear is contradictory to faith. And that's why he says, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? That's not all. <laughs> if you go and see in chapter 14 of John uh, of Matthew, in chapter 14, where Jesus comes walking on the water, right? Jesus comes walking on the water. What happens? When they see Jesus walking on the water, the disciples are all afraid because they say, who is this? This may be some, some sort of a ghost. Who is this person? Who is this person? Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a ghost. And they cried out for what? Fear. When you are in the midst of something, if you cry out for fear, cry out to the Lord, to no one else. When you cry out to the Lord for fear, he responds. What did he say to them? Be of good cheer. Don't worry. Be of good cheer. Be happy, man. Don't worry. Don't be so disappointed. Don't be so afraid. It is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 28. Peter still could not believe. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come and come to you on the water. So the Lord said, Come. And there you see boldness and fear. Faith and fear. Look at what happens. Peter believes the word, that rema that comes from God, from the Lord. That rema, that spoken word. Come! He hears it and he gets out of the boat and he starts walking. He starts walking. He starts walking. Then what happens? Verse 30. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was what? Afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. When you are walking the walk of faith, if you look at the wind and the storm, you're going to get afraid. Instead of focusing and doing what the word of God is telling you to do. And the moment fear comes, faith goes. You see? As long as faith was there, Peter was walking on water. The moment fear came, faith went. What happened to him? Pew! Down in. Still the Lord saved him. Because he cried out to the Lord. It shows us two things. Sometimes fear may overcome you in such a way that you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. At that time, cry out to the Lord. He'll give out his hand and he'll... He'll save you. Don't be scared of fear now. But remember that fear is opposite to faith. The moment you have fear, faith is gone. In fact, fear has come because you have not trusted. Because you have stopped trusting. The moment you stop trusting, fear goes. Fear and trust can't go together. They're like oil and water. They can't mix together. The root cause of fear is doubt. If you want to know what's the real reason behind fear is doubt. 
then fear. It's doubt. And Satan loves to make you scared. He's the bluff master. He loves to make you scared. He's a specialist in making people scared. He's such a specialist. He can make anybody believe that this water is holy. He can make anybody believe that this water is holy. You know what he has to do? Just occupy somebody's body. And when you throw the water on them, that's burning, that's burning, that's burning. Don't throw it on me, don't throw it on me, don't throw it on me. What is everyone going to believe? Oh, there's some power in this water. What is everyone going to go after the water? Satan is a master of bluffs. It's been his trade for a long time. He's got a PhD in it. He knows how to bluff. And if he knows how to bluff, he knows how to make you scared. I remember when somebody used to tell me, don't go to the cemetery at night. You must not go. There are ghosts there. I said, which ghosts? Who oh, the souls of those dead people who were not good? They're there all there in the cemetery. But the word of God says, it is appointed for men once to die. And after that, what? Judgment. Once the person is dead, the soul is gone for judgment. Who is there there? Satan. Trying to freak everybody out into believing that there's something scary there. And with that, he has brought about a fear of death in everyone. You see, Satan is a mastermind in fear. He knows how to just come and just boom, make you scared. Because the moment he brings fear, faith is not going to be there. And you're going to start sinking. He's the enemy, you see. He's the thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy. He's not the commando who just comes in and dun, 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 dun. No, no, no. He's the thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy. He quietly comes. He looks out for a small open window and then comes in. What does he bring in first? Doubt. There was one preacher who gave a fantastic example. He says, when a robber wants to rob a shop, he gave a story. He said, there was a robber, he says, wanted to rob a shop. Now, he didn't go in and break into the shop. He looked out for a small opening, a small window. And he had one accomplice with him, a small boy. He sent this boy through that open small window. This boy entered inside, opened the main door of the shop for him. He entered into the shop, robbed everything and went away. And so Satan will bring into your mind a small little doubt. Small doubt. It comes suddenly. Satan does not come with two horns and stand in front of you with a long pointy tail like the Onida ad. He'll come just like that. He'll just put forward. Put forward the thought to you. Like a flood of emotions that will come to you. Like a flood of things that will come to you. Scenarios that will be put forward. Assumptions that will be put forward. Doubts that will be put forward. That's how Satan comes. He brings doubt. The moment he has sown the seed of doubt, it is kept aside. It is inside. He does not touch it. That seed of doubt is inside. You want me to put it off? You sure? 
you're not feeling cold no you okay the moment that seed of doubt is inside it's just left there after many days he comes and boom and that fear takes root you know why because the doubt was already there that's the way he's worked that's the way he works till now what did he do to moses moses was completely destroyed because he left everything he was a fearful man he had probably planted enough of doubts that moses was good for nothing that he can't do anything and so when god had the job for moses what did moses say who am i i can't do anything you see doubt is what satan is the master at putting the moment he puts doubt that's over that's over that's why the lord says do not be afraid do not be afraid i'm with you he says there's nothing for you to be afraid how do we face this fear how do we deal with this fear how do we work with this fear how do we fight this fear what do we do first of all we need to go to the lord we need to have our trust in god we need to have our trust in god the moment we have our trust in god nothing can shake us remember in ephesians 6 6 he says put on the full armor of god what is the shield it's the shield of faith let's turn to ephesians 6 If you look at Ephesians 6 he says Put on the whole armor of God verse 14 stand therefore having girded your waist with truth Put on the breastplate of righteousness having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and verse 16 above all take the shield of faith the moment you have the shield of faith nothing can touch you the moment you have the shield of faith nothing can touch you what's your shield faith you have to have faith you've got to have faith you've got to believe you've got to have faith but the problem is what if i have less faith what do i do if i have less faith we know in romans 10 17 right what does he say that faith comes if you have less faith there is good news for you faith comes how does it come by hearing and hearing what the word of faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god the number one thing that we've got to do is deal with fear by increasing our faith how does faith come by hearing and hearing the word of god the more you keep proclaiming this word of god the more you keep asking god lord enough of us trying to listen to other christians who are sharing the word of god we have to have a relationship with the lord And let's go to the lord and let's ask him lord speak to us speak to us through your word and every day he will give you his word he will show you what to read 
As you keep doing that, your faith will increase. Not only that, as he shows you the word, he will show you the word in different ways. Maybe through somebody else, maybe directly, usually through a conviction of your heart. Usually he will inspire you to open some portion of the passage. Whatever way the Lord gives you the word, the more you declare it, the more you speak it out, the more you declare it, the more your faith increases. I have seen this and it works. The more you declare, you're listening to the word that you're speaking. Remember that word, word of God is not just word of God. It means rema of God. Rema means spoken word of God. It's not just the word of It's a spoken word of God. When you by the power of the Holy Spirit speak that word, faith comes. And that's why in that armor of God in Ephesians 6, there is only one offensive weapon. What is that? The sword. It's the sword with which we fight. What is the sword? The word of God. When Satan tried to bring temptations to Jesus, how did he fight? With the word of God. He said, it is written. The one way you fight fear is by first dealing with doubt. When doubt comes, put forward what the word of God says. Says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I shall not fear. And you will see your doubt just disappear. Just like that. You've got to confess scripture. You've got to understand that you are in a battle. It can happen anytime. It may be when you're in the bathroom. You may be cooking something. You may be drinking something. You may be eating something. You may be with your friends. You may be talking on the phone. And there will be a proposition of fear that will be made to you. When that proposition is made, you don't let it come in. Fight it with the word of God. And the more you fight it with the word of God, before it even comes, the more you will be doing war, offensive war. Too much have Christians being always on a defensive. Ha, bullet laglo, let's remove it. Oh, there's an arrow, let's remove it. Now we have to go on the offensive, not just a defensive, not just damage repair, but offensive against the spirit of fear. The word of God says they are no longer bondage to the spirit of fear because we have been given the Holy Spirit. The word of God says perfect love casts out all fear. The word of God says that you have not been given a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of power, of love and of a sound mind. No fear. Do not be afraid. And the way, two minutes, Violet. The way you deal with fear is by dealing with doubt. And the way you deal with doubt is by confessing the word of God. The more you confess the word of God, the doubt is dealt with. The moment doubt is dealt with, fear is dealt with. When Satan tries to bring that proposition of fear, confess the scripture. That's your weapon. I've seen in my life also when I have had fear and I've confessed scripture, the fear just goes. It's just gone. That's our weapon. That's the weapon of our warfare. Praising God and confessing scripture. But what's the prerequisite requirement? Trust. Unless we have faith in God, unshakable faith in God, it's not going to happen. But how do we get faith in God? 
by confessing scripture by asking God for his word it's the word it's this word that is our food it's this word that is our medicine for all fear you want a medicine for fear it's here it's nowhere else and just like he told Moses Moses was so scared and he told Moses what what do you have in your hand and Moses had a rod you may be scared right now about certain things in your life you may be scared about certain scenarios that may be there in your life you may be worried you may be anxious the Lord is saying to you what's in your hand this you confess scripture and your fear will go away that's why Jesus said do not be anxious don't be worried and most importantly don't be afraid it's this fear that eats us from within it doesn't allow us to be a child of God it doesn't allow us to live in freedom doesn't allow I have discovered in the past few weeks the power of his word and I am sticking by it you've got to make a choice the only way to deal with your fear with your stress with anything in your life is the power of his word amen can we confess that today I sought the Lord, sought the Lord. and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears can we say that again I sought the Lord and he delivered me sorry he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears unless sorry I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid and that last one whenever I'm afraid I will trust in you in God I will praise his word in God I have put my trust I will not fear what can man do to me what can man do to me let's close our eyes father we thank and praise you Lord that we are no longer bondage to the spirit of fear Lord but that you have set us free by the power of your Holy Spirit you made us children Lord not children of fear but children of God that you've given us strength Lord that you've given us power Lord we ask you Lord in Jesus name that you set us free from the spirit of fear Lord set us free Lord we declare that we will not be afraid we will not be dismayed we will not be afraid for the Lord is our God and I command every spirit of fear in this place every spirit of fear in any person leave at this moment in Jesus name for the word of God says that we've been given authority 
over serpents and scorpions, and over all the powers of the enemy. Let's just stand.